Welcome to the Let's Talk Futures podcast. Trading futures, options, and futures involves substantial risk of loss is not suitable for all investors. Welcome to episode two of Let's Talk Futures with Jim Cagnina and Marco Bertulia. Today we have some exciting news, I think, about uh, for the CME group. We have the E-mini Russell 2000 stock index futures going back to the CME group exchange from the ICE exchange. Yeah, that's actually big news. A little confusing, to be honest, for people that have been following this index because it's been moving back and forth for a couple of times. But yeah, it was with the CME before, the Russell was experimenting with different exchanges, then they moved it in 2008 to the ICE. Uh, and it's a market actually has got some very hardcore fans because throughout the period, a lot of people have followed the moves and actually ended up paying quite expensive fees to trade it. So it's a pretty exciting news having it back to the CME. Yeah, and my understanding is um, the CME group or whatever exchange uh, actually has to license the product and able to create the futures contract around the benchmark index. Correct, yes. And they pay a fee to do that, and probably a big fee. And uh, so it's it's back home. It's back at the CME group now. Yeah. The, the, the funny part is that the CME actually tried to hang on to the license of the Russell, but they couldn't. And then they tried to launch uh, the EMD, mini cap, mini mini cap. But uh, that kind of uh, lost a little bit of uh, the attraction for the people that were actually following the Russell. So it wasn't as successful as the Russell had been. Okay, so now beginning, uh, I think it's July, Sunday, July 9th, right, for the July 10th session, uh, the new, the ticker symbol is going to be RTY, I think? RTY, yes. Okay, so it was TY, I'm sorry, TF, uh, ice, now it's RTY, so that'll throw people off for a couple seconds, but we'll figure that out quickly. And um, it's going to be, tra- my understanding, it's going to be traded in the same manner as, um, the uh, the other CME Globex stock indices. Yeah, and it's gonna keep the same contrast packs that already had at the ICE. So virtually, now a lot of changes as far as the end user is concerned, as far as the contrast packs, the margins, the tick value and so forth. But uh, definitely a big reduction in exchange fees, right? The market data fees, which were a pretty big steep uh, expense for a lot of their retail small uh, traders. Sure, and so traders should dig that. Yeah, and I think that's really exciting. But a lot of people don't really appreciate the Russell 2000, I think. They don't understand that the mini S&P, for example, has got 500 stocks, right? The mini Dow has got only 30. The Russell 2000 has got a large number of uh, stocks. So Right, so, that, so the Russell 2000 index really uh, tracks small capitalization Stocks. So, uh, market capitalization is kind of broken down into three categories. You got small cap stocks, mid cap stocks, and large cap stocks. And uh, the way you calculate market cal- capitalization is it's simply the share price times the number of shares outstanding. That gives you a number that's called market cap, just to kind of shorten it up. And we have three categories. So, a large cap stock would be uh, a company that has a market cap of greater than $10 billion, as an example. And uh, the E-mini S&P is an index that, or the S&P 500 futures is an index that tracks 
uh, large cap stocks. Uh, as an example, uh, you know, General Motors would be right. IBM, Microsoft, any of those. Right, right. Would be would, would be in that in in that index. Now, not all large caps are in the index. As an example, Tesla, which is jockeying for size with General Motors, is uh, does, isn't in that index. Um, the next category, mid-cap stocks between two billion and ten billion, and uh, and then small cap, which is what the Russell 2000 tracks, uh, is a market cap between three hundred million and two billion. Wow, yeah. So it's pretty large fluctuation, and as I understand it, there's a lot of companies that are actually below the one billion mark. So a lot of emerging companies, so to speak. Which, what, what is your favorite small cap? Russell 2000 stock. Do you have a favorite? I do. Well, I, I, I yeah, I have to. Uh, Crack and Barrel, for sure. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Crack and Barrel is great. Family restaurant. Uh, you find it down on Highway 55. So every time we go with the family, do St. Louis. So anyone who has taken a, a Griswold family vacation has has is intimately familiar with two Russell 2000 companies. Crackle, Cracker Barrel, which is kind of a restaurant, I guess, store restaurant. And La Quinta, which is a hotel chain. Great, great hotel chain. I think I haven't been in one, but yeah. Well, and New York Times is in the index. Yeah, no, there's a lot of companies. And uh, as far as I understood, they actually they have a Russell 3000. Russell 3000 is kind of an umbrella that includes a lot of stocks. Inside the Russell 3000, there's the Russell 2000. So 2000 of the stocks, the smallest stocks, basically make up the Russell 2000 mini, but the other big 1000 stocks are outside, of course, of the index. So, and and, and I think this is kind of the key point that kind of gives an idea of what market we have and we're dealing with because the smaller stocks, the little guys, they're trying to break into the market. uh, They will have more volatility, right? Because these are companies that either have exponential growth or have exponential failures. So that's what I think it makes a great market. It's a more volatile market for sure. Yeah, it's a more volatile market. And I think the conventional uh, you know, uh, wisdom is that the small cap stocks have greater upside potential from an, just strictly from an investment point of view with more volatility as opposed to a large cap stock who's more mature, been around, uh, and has uh, maybe less up not always, but maybe less uh, 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 upward potential. Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. So lower, uh, higher volatility for Mini Russell, higher upper potential, bigger fluctuations, uh, but of course also larger basket. So you don't have a stock like uh, in the NASDAQ, Amazon or Apple. If they have a big down day, the NASDAQ is falling apart. So Right, because there's only 100 stocks to diversify that in the mini index and, and you know the way the indexes work is pretty simple they relatively simple the and I'll just give you give you the overview um, for the Russell 2000 uh, the index value is simply the sum of all the market caps of the secu- of the 2000 securities in the index divided by what's called a index divisor and uh, the index divisor is simply a number they come up with to make the final number, you know, not humongous. So, you know, something we can get our head around. So, uh, that's a, a part of their formula, but it's pretty straightforward. 
So we talk about the uh, the symbol. Basically, the contrast specs are going to be the same as ICE, which is $5 per tick and $50 per point. As opposed to the example at E-mini S&P everyone's familiar with, it's, uh, it's traded in quarters, right? So twelve fifty a tick. Yes. Uh, instead of uh, the five dollars. Yeah, so it's a sm it's a smaller contract because it's trading around uh, fourteen, and uh, so times five, it's gonna be a seventy thousand. Yeah, a seventy thousand dollar. So the notional value, value is gonna be a pr is, yeah. is gonna be less than maybe an e mini S and P. Yeah, a little bit less. Yeah. Okay. But uh, from a standpoint of a small trader, it's going to be a great tool because now you have a product uh, for different reasons it's going to be better. So the ticker is smaller. It's going to compete with the YM, the Mini Dow, also trading at the CME group. Uh, the margin is going to be a little lower than even S&P. Uh, contra value a little lower. So it's actually a great tool for somebody that is kind of trying to make it into the futures market as a beginner. But it also gives gives traders the ability to kind of be a little more picky on their entry prices and exit prices, right? Because you have 10 increments per point instead of four increments per point. Yeah, right. So, you know, there's several, definitely several advantages that should be considered uh, by both, I would say both, even uh, experienced traders, because at the end of the day, one of the greatest thing that happened with the Mini Russell is that there wasn't so manipulated by the high frequencies. So you have an index that is more volatile, less predictable, less noisy. And uh, I hope it's going to be staying that way. And I think actually the, the volume should increase. And uh, the CME does a great uh, job in our marketing. Uh, we should see actually uh, bigger volumes compared to what we had in uh, Russell last year with uh, the ice. Yeah, and I think uh, you, you talked about marketing at the CME group for this product. I think, uh, and obviously they want to do that to make sure that uh, they get as much volume as they can uh, in the market to keep the bid-ask spreads tight, um, not to mention generate their own revenues, but um, and to make it a popular index. So the uh, yeah, the marketing is going to be there, and they're going to uh, uh, try to get as much liquidity. Yeah, and of course, then the ATF doesn't provide the same uh, leverage, right? So you want to invest in a $70,000 value with only three, dollars $4,000 margin overnight compared to, you know, paying $70,000 worth of uh, ETF. So that's definitely a, a huge advantage for anybody that wants to either invest, hedge, or even speculate. So a more efficient use of capital, someone would say, um you get with basically the lower margin per uh, contract value. Yeah, gigantic. Imagine <coughs> if interest rates go up just one more per point percentage. I mean, that's uh, 65,000 plus that you can put in a bank on a money market or something else instead of having a, you know, in the, tied up in a market that you don't want to really uh, uh, treat. Right, right. And so, and we talked about the ETFs last episode in episode one and uh in in and these are also there's russell etfs that are going to participate in this market also right i believe the big one is the iShares is still the, yeah. uh, the biggest uh yeah etf but again you know a little bit less flex flexibility uh no leverage uh no real short opportunities so for any speculator really this is the only way to go Okay, so and let's talk about that. Day, so speculating, day trading or swing trading, 
categories, which a lot of our customers fall into. Um, you, we, we have market hours that are the same, right? 5 p.m. Chicago time at night, we have an, an open. We trade all night and all morning and all day until uh, a four o'clock Chicago time with a 15, that weird, a weird 15 yeah, minute, a 15 minute break, pause, right? right? From 3.15 in the afternoon, and these are Chicago times, to yes. 3.30. Um, I'm not sure why there's a weird 15 minute pause, but. Uh, I think it's for the adjustment with the exchange, uh, the physical exchange element. Okay, so, but then we op- then we go for that last half hour. So at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, Chicago time, the market closes. And, and in one hour, 5 p.m., is a reopen. We open again. So in, in essence, this is 23 hours, right? 23 hour market where the where overnight is in essence only one hour, which is a weird kind of concept to grasp. You know, in the old days, overnight was all night, um, and you could actually sleep. Yeah, yeah. So if you're trading a Russell 23 hours a day, you cannot sleep except for, for one hour. So if you actually don't want the stress and the high volatility and you don't want to close your position when there's an opportunity, yeah, stick with ETF. So other than an outright trade, uh, short or long, you have uh, the ability to uh, spread trade or I guess people are calling it pairs trading now. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the exchange is going to give a big break. Uh, so you can spread it with the mini S&P, mini NASDAQ, mini Dow. And you can get, I think, up to 70% credit if you trade one mini Russell against any of the other products at the exchange. So this is another great advantage. Yeah, so spreading would be taking a, a long or a short position in one stock indice and taking the opposite long or short position in another stock indice. So as an example, uh, one might want to go long uh, the uh, the, the mini Russell and then go short uh, the, the mini NASDAQ for... Yeah. If you're like bullish on small co- companies and you think uh, Apple and uh, Amazon are about to crash, that's a great strategy. Or if your chart tells you so because of technical reasons. So yeah, absolutely. And that's a great thing. I mean, you could be an investor going long because you believe in growth of small stocks, the economy. Yeah. Uh, ADP report we saw today, great number. So you might just want to be an investor, or you might just be a spreader, or you might just want to be a speculator. And speculators are gonna really take advantage of the fact that, again, as we said, there's not gonna be a lot of buy frequencies or algo, uh, you know, meddling with this market. So that's definitely a good point. Yeah, and, and so what, and so the 70% uh, break you're talking about is the reduced margin that you re- benefit that you receive for holding uh, a spread trade over night. night. Yes. Yeah, overnight. Intraday or for uh, a week or for a month or for yeah, whatever. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. It's it's due to the lower so to speak better or lower exposure that one should have once it's long one index and short the others yeah and you could chart these rela- you should you could chart these spread relationships on the infinity at charts as an example or whatever chart you're using probably um, and you could track the relationship between the different indices on a chart and you could see trends and you could see uh, uh, you could do technical analysis and, and make some you know intelligent decisions on what's going to happen next 
Okay, so to wrap it up, I wanted to mention something uh, that I think is kind of important, and it's uh, regarding the speculators. So the day traded, they might want to approach this market. Uh, we talked about lack uh, of high frequencies. What it means? So it means that basically, when you have a market with no large institutional participation, uh, there is a lot more opportunities for fluctuations. So the mini Russell compared to the mini S&P is a market that is gonna be more momentum uh, based rather than the mini S&P that is more a market where a regression to mean might work a little better. So for any speculator out there, I highly suggest looking at considering more momentum based strategies, breakout strategies, rather than uh, linear regression strategies or a regression to mean strategy. It doesn't mean that they might not work, they might, but I think that there are more opportunities compared to the mini S&P that is a little rangy. Uh, compared to markets with momentum like the Mini Russell, so and the Mini NASA, by the way. So that's, uh, I think, it's an important distinction. Okay, so in closing, I think it's a good market to consider if you're a futures trader to take a peek, see if it's uh, something that your analysis would work for, and see if there's opportunities there for you. But do remember, trading futures options on futures involves substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all traders. Uh, if you want any inf more information on the uh, on this product or any futures product in general. Contact us at, uh, my name is Jim Cagnina, and this is Marco Bertuglia. Hope to see you in episode three. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Let's Talk Futures podcast. For more information, please go to infinityfutures.com.